0: Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today, we're talking with Amy from iSolved, and we've got a fantastic topic, and I can't wait to get into it with her. It is about radical flexibility for frontline workers. So we've all lived through some parts of 2020, so I can't wait to, to talk to her about her experience. But also, this topic is just just a really, really meaty topic. So Amy, do me a favor and introduce both yourself and also introduce iSolved.
1: Sure, Uh, Amy Mojer, I'm the Chief People Officer at iSolve PeopleCloud. We are a full service uh, platform and benefit services company for um, HR and payroll. And uh, you name it, we offer it from a people services perspective.
0: And, radical flexibility for frontline workers let's 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 unpack that yeah what's radical flexibility to you
1: uh to me you know radical flexibility is just that it's not being afraid to make some interesting and different choices that you might not have made um, in a different environment and and trying them out um, with your workforce and making it clear you know that the issues that you're trying to Uh, solve for, and and ask for their opinion. I think um, radical are things like uh, offering your employees significantly more sick time in a Mm -hmm. pandemic, Um, making their process for requesting time off and and their ability to stay home easier, right? Take out all the loopholes. Encourage them to stay home if they're not feeling well, right? Right. All these things are a little counterintuitive, and those are really Huge challenges for our frontline workers right now.
0: Well, what's 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 really interesting with the the frontline community is tw- well, it's COVID. Let's just let's deal with COVID. COVID sped up a lot of things that we've probably been talking about for years, mm. right? Like shift swapping. Like yeah. if 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 we haven't talked about shift swapping for twenty years, I, I yeah. color me blue. So yeah. so, but you know what? All of a sudden, in 2020, because of COVID, shift swapping via an app or via via making it easier. I think one of the things I really like about the way that you unpacked radical flexibility is you reduce the friction. Yes. How do we reduce the friction of sick time, uh, you know, time off, uh, not coming into work because you're sick? Like Mm -hmm. like it shouldn't be that difficult. So where are we? Where do we look for friction? So where are some of the other places that we should, if we're not already with our frontline workers, where should we be looking at in terms of reducing friction?
1: Right. I I feel like to your point, um, you know, reducing friction is about uh, finding out what's important to them and what challenges they're facing right now. Um, Some of those are, you know, do they have kids working from home? Do they need to do a job share? Um, Do they need to go part-time? um, do, you know, for, for an extended period, even, uh, in this case, you know, we thought this, this thing would be over in six months and then it's 12 months and 18 months. Um, and having the flexibility to change those, those programs, um, changing their jobs also. I mean, let's really get creative here. Um, lots of folks I know that work for, for us have different skill sets and they may be, you know, in a customer facing role, but they're new, personal challenges make that difficult. And so does it make sense to, to move them around, um, into a different role where they're not client facing and they don't have set hours and things like that. Those are really important, um, areas that, that are really creative that we need to think about, um, from a frontline worker perspective.
0: So what are are you seeing so far in terms of mental health and, or, and, or wellness?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing a decline Uh, from uh, employee bases. I have an opportunity to talk to my network of other HR professionals with other SaaS software businesses within our portfolio really often. And we're seeing that as a trend across the portfolio. Um, We've got more people out. We've got more people um, having trouble um, at home. We've got our employee um, assistance program line is getting utilized more often. Mm -hmm. Um, We counteract that um, within our organization by... Um, encouraging cross-functional discussions, um, having virtual yoga and virtual uh, meditation and offering all of those things and also making mental health important. I know for my employees, I also get really creative and I just say, hey, on Friday, the 14th of you know, December, we're all going to have a mental health day. So take the day off right? Everybody's going to have the same day off. If you can do that, if you can think about the mental health of your employees, if you can make it really easy for them to, to take care of themselves and, and, and really truly sincerely care about them, um, it makes a huge mental health difference, right? They're, they're challenged so many things that they have challenges with in their, in their daily lives, you know? Are they ill? They're worried about getting ill. They're caring for those that are ill. Their kids are learning from home. They're worried about exposure. They're trying to minimize trips to the grocery store. You know, do they visit their parents this holiday? You know, all of those things uh, create a tremendous amount of stress, especially during year end in the holidays. Anyway, I think this is compounded to almost twice what I've seen in prior years, um, What which is see? what is substantial.
0: What have you seen uh, outside of mental wellness, uh, well, uh, well-being, um, financial wellness, or or some of the financial strains yeah. that we've seen?
1: Yeah, we've seen a lot of requests uh, this year for financial assistance and how to create a living will. Mm. Um, a lot more interest from employees in what financial. Um, information they have available to them if they do become ill or they do pass away or uh, something serious does happen. Just a ton more interest in, in accidental death and dismemberment and, and life insurance and um, and those types of benefits. Um, uh, and it's it's their 401k, right? right. Um, things like that, that usually the majority of employees, maybe they look at it annually during enrollment, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe, (laughs) uh, but it's really interesting. What becomes important is, is very different now.
0: So, so one of the things that, what I like is this, there's the theme that you've developed of you ask your employees, you listen to your employees and then you get creative.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So as, as (laughs) as we think, well, as we should, right? right. So as we think of that, one of the things that we you know, thinking about radical flexibility, looking at EAP and looking at benefits or what we call benefits and perks mm-hmm. and maybe restructuring those to fit, yeah. you know, to fit yeah. the employees that we have.
1: Yeah. You know, William, I'll tell you what we did um, as a result of that very material. And, and a good example is we used to have a gym membership subsidy mm-hmm. for our employees. Uh, turns out no one can go to the gym this year. So um, also the whole concept of wellness is so different now right. that we now have a subsidy just for wellness. Yeah. Go get a massage, go see a therapist, um, you know, sure. Keep your gym membership if you want, or yeah. go Go buy a you know a unicycle or whatever <laughs> yeah. well, Peloton or whatever, right? Like you decide, <laughs> you, you decide yeah. how you want it to work. And and uh, and that's actually made a huge cultural difference as well and, and shifted us and and I think the way that leaders think about their employees' wellness quite a lot.
0: So so the, the radical flexibility part of, you know for frontline workers, yeah. one of the things I love is I think HR gets this. I wonder what leaders or other people outside of HR. Yeah. So the other part of the C-suite that isn't HR, how do they, or how are they responding to how flexible we need to be?
1: Yeah. They are responding because they have to. If they good don't point. respond, there's there's no business, right? Yeah, to manage, and no employees to manage. So um, they've, however, I think- um, if you've got a good leadership team, then you can. You don't have to have all the savvy HR stuff, right? HR is about leadership, right? right. Um, if you've got both, you've got a double whammy, um, which is a good thing, right? Um, leaders are having to focus more on their people and they need to know more about their people. Now, quite interestingly, when you have a workforce working from home that mm-hmm. is flexible and surrounded by their everyday lives while they're working, and you're talking to them quite frequently and more frequently even than you than you were interacting with them before, which is what we found from surveying our employees and our managers. They've got a lot more meetings. They're seeing those people in their natural habitats now via their yep. Teams or Zoom yep. or whatever it might be. And they're actually gaining a better understanding for who they are and what's important to them and what they're surrounded by. Um, You know, my five-year-old comes into a call from time to time and, you know, I don't know how many of my direct reports would have known I had one, you know, before we were in this situation. So um, I really feel like the level of intimacy that you get as a supervisor with your employee base has actually increased in many situations as a result of this and that increase in communication that you have to have now and very purposeful communication. So I've actually enjoyed it. Well, one of the
0: things I want to ask about that is, is there, there seemed to be a run up before 2020 to work-life balance being kind of pulled apart. There was work, work, and there was, you know, your personal stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe, maybe the two would touch, but really it was more of a separate. Yeah. But, but 2020 has thrust (laughs) us into uh, not separate. Now there's an integration forced integration, but an integration nonetheless. Um. There's obviously some silver linings out of that.
1: There you is. Know, there's some there really can
0: that, be. That, right. How do you see this playing out post-COVID?
1: I feel like this is a whole new kind of look at how you can work. And it's really forced us all to realize what our priorities are and mm-hmm. compartmentalize our lives in a way that maybe would have been more direct previously, right? We had more tools. We, we drove to the office, right. right? And that that was part of our disconnection. Well, now you really do have to think about still having that compartmentalization, right? That works for your own mental well-being, but you're also having to create your own, you know, mental space for different things, right? Instead of physical space, you have, I think planning is more important than ever, um, and what I'm seeing from the employee base is that they need to learn those skills. I think that um, many of us who have had kind of the traditional work situations where we've been going into the office and we haven't been working remote, they, don't, they didn't necessarily know how to compartmentalize. So it's really interesting to provide them with those types of skill sets. It's also a different leadership skill set to manage individuals who are not right in front of you all of the time, Right. right. Um, And that has been a big learning experience for us as well um, in enabling our leadership uh, to be able to provide that feedback and have those remote discussions and connect with people remotely um, in a more effective way. Um, But I do see it changing. I, I feel like if I had to make the call now, for us as an organization, the number of individuals that we had working in offices previously um, will will not be the same as a percentage right. of our headcount. Right. We'll end up making really interesting decisions about what facilities we keep open, how those facilities are structured. I feel like there's gonna be more. Uh, collaborative on-site training opportunity at different offices instead of everyone having their own cube. Maybe it's a cube share situation. Maybe there's open collaborative space because you're going to get to, you're going to work from home a lot more and you're going to get together to collaborate purposefully. So I do see that that changing as well. And then the level of accountability, I think this all changes a lot of policies as well. Like there's increased accountability for individuals to find that space in their work. And um, and that's a learning experience for managers as well, um, that they can't have physical control over the employees all the time. So they need to have some built-in trust and some um, built-in metrics and processes and and accountability um, at the employee level. Um, for things like how do they manage their time off? You know, are they working, you know, eight to eight every day instead? Are they working nine to one every day? <laughs> like, is that really important anymore or is it more about the work that they're able to get yeah. done?
0: Outcomes based mm-hmm. um, it's interesting that you mentioned the, the the changes for leadership, the changes for managers, the changes mm-hmm. for employees. Mm-hmm. Are, some folks are obviously are better with change than others, right? So, yeah. I, I have a hot take that I think people, I think that managers that want to post COVID, yeah, managers that want people to return to an office, it's a tell that, yeah. that 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 they're a bad manager, or maybe that they they're not embracing the new type of managing and leading. Yeah,
1: I, no I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't agree that they're a bad manager. I right. feel like their managerial harsh. skill set is maybe not aligned with the reality of leadership going forward. That's my diplomatic answer. That is that.
0: very <laughs> diplomatic. I like what you did there. That was well done. At your next job at the UN, you know, <laughs> it is. I mean, I was saying it very harshly. Yeah, English, I understand. But you're right. They're 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 either not recognizing what's changed or they are recognizing it and not willing to change.
1: Yeah. Agreed. One agreed. or the other. Um,
0: you, you mentioned something I wanted to unpack a little bit was, uh, it was, you know, obviously family life, right? Yeah. So with frontline workers, the difference between, you know, those with kids and those without kids, what have you seen in terms of how, how can we be flexible with both? You know, both, both, both folks, uh, folks with kids and without kids.
1: Yes. So, I feel like flexibility is for everybody, right? Like, right. it's not just for people with kids. It's not just for people without kids. What, what if you have a, uh, an older family member that you're caring for, right? That's, right. That's different. Or, or you have an, uh, a special need yourself, right? Um, either from a phys- physical, mental, emotional perspective that you need to, you know, adhere to a more flexible work environment, you know, to accommodate. Um, when I'm developing policies for these frontline working workers, I'm thinking about how can this apply to everyone or how can it apply to no one? You know, what's the fairness level here? Is it worth calling out or we, do we make it broader um, and increase accountability in other ways so that you don't have individuals taking what we call advantage of certain policies and practices? But overall, um, I do see that for individuals right now with families, they're managing a real personal crisis for more than just themselves. Right. And and all of us have families to, start, to a certain extent, but right. um, some more than others, but that does compound on itself and there does need to be some compassion for that. Um, but in a very similar way to what it was previously, it's just a little more because we're also our kids teachers now, right? Yep. Like we're, we're also their tutors and we're also, you know, sharing offices with our spouses and, um, and, And that requires a level of of flexibility that that we never had to encounter before. I mean, you're physically building doors where there weren't doors (laughs) doors built in your home before to compartmentalize yourself, right?
0: I I have a sticky note on my door that says recording. (laughs)
1: Perfect. Uh, So,
0: (laughs) so three, three questions. One is uh, you had mentioned about kind of recalibration or redeploying people Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. being, again, going back to that theme of being flexible. Mm -hmm. How is it, Has an HR leader, how do you have that? I mean, is that a conversation that an employee brings to you or a manager brings to you? Or is that a, a conversation that you bring to them? Like, how do you, how do you have a recalibration conversation?
1: I think it's both. We want to keep the door open to whoever feels like they need to open it and come to us and talk to us about it. Um, It really, for us, it starts at alignment at the executive level when we're throwing out any kind of idea that's new like that, that might impact the way that we do business. We always want to get buy-in from them and help them understand the why. And then we usually roll something like that out to our leaders and say, look, if somebody comes to you and they're having a challenge, this is an option. So put this in your playbook. um, And then let's talk. You know, talk with your HR business partner about what might make sense for this particular individual. Is it a reduced work schedule? Is it a different type of job? Is it different hours within the day? Um, There can be a lot of different options. Is it a flex schedule? Do they need to go into the office? Let's let's be honest. We still have offices out there. You know, is it a situation where they need to, in our case, apply to go into an office on a regular basis because they don't have a workspace at their homes? Right. Um, there are a lot of pieces like that, but that we usually have come through the supervisor for us because, again, we we want our supervisors to own their own businesses really within the organization and to be able to have that flexibility and make those decisions and bring us in as a partnership in, in making those decisions.
0: I love that. I, it's funny. W- well, funny, not funny. But <laughs> when when the, some of the layoffs started, furloughs started happening in March. One of a buddy of mine that owns a company in the Bay, he decided not to lay off anybody, talked with his investors, Mm -hmm. worked it Mm -hmm. all out and basically said, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lay off anybody. And his uh, receptionist, he talked with her and he said, well, what do you want to (laughs) do? We're not going to be in the office. So what do you, what do you want to do? She was, well, I've always wanted to work with customers. Mm -hmm. And so he put her in CS and uh i talked to him i don't know probably about a month ago And he's like she's she'll never go back yeah like she's gonna be this is her career now
1: yeah she's creating opportunities it is
0: it's kind of an interesting you know i mean what came from something really dark right
1: yeah
0: um so one of the things i was thinking about as you were talking about is how flexibility kind of (laughs) excuse me how it's unlocked inclusion you know like the way excuse me like Clear my throat. I had a frog in my throat. <laughs> so anyhow, flexibility and the you know how it unlocks inclusion, how we think about inclusion. So maybe we wouldn't have thought about a group of people doing a job before, but if we're thinking about radical flexibility, well, now we can think about them.
1: Absolutely, I I think that opens up a whole area of opportunity for you as an organization, but it also opens up a whole box of opportunity around career development for that particular individual. You know, suddenly flexibility and accountability and ownership are skill sets that are transferable from role to role um, and company to company and suddenly a lot more valuable than they were in a different environment. Um, And you can do a lot with that, um, you know, from a career perspective. Um to your previous
0: point. I love that. Um I, I love that just, just the idea of instead of being you know, being rigid. Mm-hmm. Now now we look at it and say, you know, maybe we never needed to be rigid, but we were prior to COVID. COVID forced us into a <laughs> sped some things up and yeah. forced us into being flexible. Let's keep that flexibility.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Post COVID. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I feel like the answer is somewhere in between, right? right. It's, uh, you know, trying to really take advantage of diversity and inclusion for your business from a from a business operations perspective. Um, it's going to take both, right? So you, you're going to have folks right. that you know need to be in the office to collaborate, and and folks that can work from home. and And how do you build policies and practices that help? both of those audiences then right um and set some parameters for both of those audiences going forward uh that's going to be a tough one
0: and create Um, some freedoms you know with yes you know it's also going to come some responsibilities so that's going to be interesting to manage uh going forward all right so we could talk forever but i've got to get you on (laughs) to the next thing you've got going on your list what did we not talk about as it relates to radical flexibility for for frontline workers that we should have
1: I think there's a couple of things that we should probably talk about. Um, you know, there's some big challenges here for HR professionals as well, yeah. um, and recruiting professionals as well. Um, you know, a few things that really became critical as a part of this, um, you know, setting parameter, parameters for backup plans for critical roles. You know, how do you get the work done if you have someone in your production unit that tests positive for COVID? <laughs> how long will the unit shut down? You know, do you have a crew on standby to come in, you know, after you clean for how long, you know, do you shift production to another location? Will the workers that are mandated to stay home get paid? How much will they get paid? How long will they get <laughs> These are all considerations that you've got to put together as part of really what became a COVID emergency continuity plan at the beginning of this. Unfortunately, many of us did, you know, were knock on wood, very fortunate that we didn't have to deploy some of this. But I think we will end up continuing to have this in play, right, Um, as we go forward, at least for, you know until everyone can be vaccinated or the majority of the population. So it's still something that you need to consider, especially right now. You know, I've got production facilities closing pretty regularly right now. Um, and a process that we've kind of fine tuned through this, that we would have never had to consider before. I think there are going to be other types of challenges like that, that your HR professionals, um, you know, we're going to have to consider as we return to work as well. Do you mandate vac you know, um, mandate vaccines? Do you, um, you know, how do you schedule and reschedule workers? Right, like, what if? But will their preference and whether they stay home or go into the office mm-hmm. be impacted by the business need for that particular role? Right. Um, so there's does a ton of does that affect
0: internal mobility.
1: Yes, exactly. Does it completely change the dynamic of your organization? Yeah. And is that a positive thing or a negative thing? It's, um, it's
0: funny that you mentioned that because a lot of folks are, are rethinking culture.
1: Yes. As yeah. it
0: relates, Huge. Because, you know, right now, because well, culture was, you know, lunches and yeah. beanbag chairs and, you know, all this yeah. other stuff, which was cool, uh, but they real also a lot of companies have realized how that wasn't really culture.
1: Yep, agreed. And then bringing it back to what I do, it's, it fills into the cultural base as well. Over the last six months, I, I just started with iSolve right at the beginning of the pandemic, oh, of and uh, and really have never met any of the folks that work for me, or any of my executive team, or any other employees at iSolve, to be quite honest. And it's really unique to be the head of people and not have met any people. Um, but what's enabled me to do that is having the right technology, and that kind of feeds back to my whole pitch. That, I'm from iSolved, we're, we're a, you know, an HR platform company, but it doesn't matter what technology really. Um, and my, my coworkers at iSolved are gonna say, oh, she said that on the podcast, but it really doesn't just take advantage of the technology that you have, um, make it relevant to you and what you're trying to achieve and really utilize it to the fullest potential because there's a lot of communication that you can do via your HCM system and your platform. There's a lot of training that you should be you know, implementing that you can do remote. Um, and there's a lot of culture building that you can do just by over communicating with your employees and help, and being creative and helping, you know, make things fun um, from a remote perspective. They're really just looking for information and uh, connection, whether that's physical connection in an office or not, turns out doesn't matter. So well,
0: let's put, let's just hard stop right there because yeah. <clears throat> You were amazing, and this topic was <laughs> was just great. So so thank you so much for, for coming you. on the podcast. I absolutely oh. appreciate you.
1: Thank you, William. I appreciate it as well. Take care.
0: Awesome. And, and to everyone, thank you for tuning in. And until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live Podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.